to welcome you all here to our bonus podcast. This is episode number 12. I am Crystal Taze. I'll be hosting the podcast today. I'm joined by some of my friends that I work with. She called us friends. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've done that before. I don't Crystal, think so. That's a new one. No, yeah, new that's a new entry. one. Yeah. That's a new one? Okay. Crystalline friends. <laughs> you could change the name. An afternoon yeah. crystalline friends. <laughs> so beside me is Brandy. Hello. 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 And Thalia. Hi. And we're joined today by Andy Steiger. Good to be with you guys. Our distinguished pastor of apologetics and of young adults. That's right. Is that your official title? I like title? that. Distinguished. That distinguished. sounds good. Yeah, distinguished isn't on your business card, is it? <laughs> no, it's no. not. I'm, I should add it, though. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get my wife to use that. It's not, it's not <laughs> happening. What, what would you ask, though? Hmm? Your official title. Oh, official my title. Uh, it's just pastor of young adult ministry. Okay. Then you're director yeah. of apologetics. Canada, and I'm, right? Yeah, and I am the director of apologetics Canada. And yeah. you have two business cards. Yeah, right. I just wear two hats is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Or toques. Yeah, or toques. <laughs> you're wearing a right. toque right now. Yeah, and I'm wearing a toque. I am cold pretty much 90% of the time, so. That's good. Good that yeah. you're prepared to work. Then. Yeah. So, no, it works really well, though, that being able to wear those two hats. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your apologetics conference and what's been going on lately. That's what we we have you here for our Did You Know section and then to be part of the rest of the discussion. Did you know, did you know, did you know, did you know? Hopefully those of you who are listening have heard about the Apologetics Canada uh, ministry and mm-hmm. specifically the Apologetics Canada conference. We had it on March 7th, 8th this year and it was really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. It was our biggest year ever and, and uh, it was ambitious as well. Uh, Every year we've had to get creative on how to facilitate more people, uh, and this was one of those years. So last year we had the conference at Northview, and we had over 1,400 people, and uh, we needed to figure out a way to facilitate more people because we had to turn people away. And so we had the idea of hosting the conference at two churches on the same weekend, and so we gave that some thought, and it sounded scary yeah. and uh, <laughs> ambitious, and we said, sure, let's kind of let's do it. And it was kind of funny because it was more like, Waiting in the the you know the shallow end, and you kind of crept along till you got to the point where you just couldn't turn it around any longer. So yeah. you had to go into the deep end. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And then you just got to swim. Yeah, and then it's swim or sink. Yeah. And so we held the conference at Northview in Willingdon, and uh, we we were able to host over two thousand people. Wow. And it was our most. Not only was it our most well attended year ever, but I would also say it was our most well organized and well run year. Hmm. Ever. And a great variety of speakers. Yeah, we had a fabulous variety of speakers. And uh, just it was incredible. And the thing, though, that encourages me, I was just talking with Willingdon today, actually, and they were telling me um, about people who that they led to Christ at the conference. Mm. And the, I received a number of emails of people who came to Christ, mm. both here at Northview and at Willingdon, or people who were strengthened in their faith, or yeah. people that just warmed up to Christianity. Yeah. Uh, and so that is very encouraging. It, now, we don't run the conference as an evangelistic tool. Like it's, you know, it's not like an evangelistic crusade. Mm-hmm. It really is for Christians and to strengthen their faith. But it's done in such a way that you could bring your non-Christian friend. Yeah. And it... And in fact, I mean, one year we had a non-Christian girl invite her Christian friend to the conference. Oh, wow. So it's got a lot of interest to uh, non-Christians because we're talking about questions that everybody's asking. Questions about God's existence. Does life have meaning? Yeah. Do all religions lead to God? These, these kind of foundational questions. And 
And on that note, one of the ways that we follow up the conference each year is uh, with something called the Thinking Series. We've been doing this for four years. Uh, we've worked really hard to publish um, a DVD series actually this year so that other churches could do mm-hmm. what we've been doing for the last four years. Um, and so now, all across the Lower Mainland, churches are hosting the Thinking Series. Um, I don't even know the exact number, and, and we constantly get emails of new churches that are they're starting to host it. Or And I just got an email, honestly, today, uh, an organization at SFU that's been running it. Hmm. So it's very encouraging to us. We've had over 150 people coming out here at Northview yeah. each week to the, to the Thinking Series. It was incredible. The very first night, uh, a girl came to Christ. Um, then just this last night, uh, we heard we met with a girl who who came to Christ is now coming to church, mm-hmm. and then we've met with a number of non Christians and had every night we end with about like people coming up and talking to us either we're anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour, mm. uh, You're and that around here waiting yeah wow. to to have somebody to talk to on these questions to the yeah. me I, I tell you that just tickles me pink like I I'm so excited about that that so. So two questions I have out of what you've said, yeah, which intrigued me as you were going through the process of whether to do it at Willingdon or how to kind of grow it. You had kind of discussions about whether you should do it at a convention center or whether it should be in the church. So mm-hmm. why did you decide to do it kind of in the church setting still? Yeah, we have this philosophy uh, that kind of guides us that even if we were to grow bigger, uh, I would still host it in a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is, is because... We want people to associate the church with thinking again. Right. And we want people to actually have to come into the church's doors mm-hmm. and participate in thinking and, and de- develop those connections. And I think if you host these, these events at these big convention centers, I think you lose that right. sense and uh, in, in that connection between church and thinking. And so that's, that's important point. to us. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was really cool that, yeah. when I heard you under, explain the rationales as yeah. to why you wanted to even not have it at MEI, which yeah. would have been just down the road, right? but then it's at a school rather than at a church building. Mm-hmm. And so, We're very yeah. purposeful in that in it's that. hosted at a church. Yeah. The, the, you know, one of the things that for us that we want to educate the church and re-educate culture in, and, and that is that Christianity has a robust intellectual tradition. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, huge. Yeah, we are yeah. a tradition of, of thinkers. And we want people to realize that again and to appreciate that. I mean, let me just give you an example. Last night, I was talking with a young man who was raising up a number of questions and asking me how I've thought through these and where I come at these and what's encouraged me. And I, and I was telling him that one of the things that's encouraged me the most in my faith is when I look back in antiquity mm-hmm. and I see that I'm not alone, mm-hmm. that yeah. there have been Christians asking these questions from the beginning, literally from the beginning. And some of the greatest minds the world has ever known were Christians raising these questions. And our culture, in fact, has been the beneficiaries of of their ideas. And uh, and so it was so encouraging for me to look back and to see the tradition that I come from. Well, basically, until the Renaissance, like 16th, 17th century, it was the church that was the place of learning and the place of carrying on works of literature and everything. It was the church that kind of... Absolutely. Oh, yeah. and, and society is a benefit to that. I mean, the fact that we have Plato and Aristotle and these great works of antiquity is because Christians cared about those things mm-hmm. and we diligently copied those, those manuscripts. Those manuscripts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are surprised and, to find yeah. that science came from the Christian worldview. Yeah. That, that's not a controversial claim. It's a well-known fact and that a lot of 
uh, Christians, a lot of scientists were Christians. But I mean, that shouldn't surprise people. But these days, it does surprise people, mm-hmm. sadly, and that's because they've lost sight of, of where we came from. So we want to re-educate people to, to appreciate that, to ask questions again, and to be encouraged in their faith. And, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we're seeing, and it's, it's very encouraging. Yeah, that's cool. Well, we're going to go on to the rest of our uh, podcast this morning, and it does kind of tie in with a lot of these mm-hmm. ideas because we're going to be talking about Christian fads mm-hmm. and how just different ideas have come and gone throughout Christian history, and you've kind of touched on even the fact that we don't even aren't in touch with a lot of our own history, which makes us not understand our own heritage and what is important and how Christians have been perceived. But we wanted to just talk about what are some of the fads that have kind of come and gone in our in our brief lifetime <laughs> and over the centuries, and then how we can kind of maybe distinguish between good and bad things and what solutions might be. Um, so. Go ahead. Open. I'm going to open the gates to you guys. What are some of the fads that you've experienced in in your ministry or in your life? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I remember when I was a kid that Billy Graham crusades were big, mm-hmm. and he came to town, Huge. and our Christian choir got to participate in the mass choir. Yeah. And women of faith conferences and promise keepers and those kinds of things were big. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. And all of my friends had a precious, precious moment little statue thing. You know. <laughs> Christian art. Yeah, yeah, Christian art. Yeah. Thomas Kincaid. And yeah. His, uh, Do you remember back in the day when all those jelly bracelets was like the, oh, yeah. the in thing? Yeah. And I remember it wasn't too long after, you know, how many jelly bracelets can I fit on my arm that the what would Jesus do? Yes. You know, bracelets came and I'm like, yeah. Where, yeah. where am I going to fit this with all of my jelly bracelets? <laughs> it was a Christian response to like the, yeah, the already going fad in the oh, yeah. culture. I had as a teenager was the... Um, Christian t-shirts. Yes. was a big one. Yeah. And like stickers. Bumper stuff stickers. That you would stick on your guitar case. and your One cross, I had, I had three nails, four <laughs> given. You know those? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I had the like, I had the one that said pray hard and had a picture of teens yes. with the burnt out knees or yes. whatever. Well, it's oh, embarrassing to so know that. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you know those stickers like my father was a carpenter or is a carpenter. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. those? All those kind of things. Yeah. I never was like super into it, but like definitely, yeah, had the t-shirt. Someone bought me the t-shirt. I should oh, say. Right. I didn't buy it. Yeah, right. I didn't buy it. Oh, you myself. wore it proudly. <laughs> Did you? I did wear it because I yes. would, because someone bought it for me because I wore jeans with holes all oh. the time. I wore and so it. they were trying to spiritualize the fact that Before you it was holes. cool to buy jeans with holes, I was already wearing them. So <laughs> You just, started the trend. Yeah, just saying I started that fashion fad <laughs> in like the 90s. So. Do you remember some of the really major popular books like Prayer of Jabez? Yeah. Left Behind series? The Left Behind's are still very popular. It's still very popular, yeah. yeah. The Shack. Yeah, yeah. Those making the, the rounds. Mm-hmm. The okay. purpose-driven life, and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different varieties of purpose-driven whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. the like, I mean, it just you know, bless their hearts and people that read them. The like, uh, the Christian women novels. Oh, fiction. the buggy romance. I call the, them like the Amish romance. Yeah, the Amish. That are so yeah. popular. They yeah. have like I, I mock them all the time with the like because <laughs> the, the titles are all like you know. The wind and my sails and the <laughs> yeah. love come hither. Like it's totally. What is it? There's like a whole series. My of mom like, still 50, reads yeah, those. Like she loves. Oh, they're yeah. really popular. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, when we were 
Yeah, working through our church library. Yeah. As it's being opening, we were amazed at like the bookshelves, the shelves Full and shelves of the buggy romance. Of, yeah. The buggy romance. <laughs> I love it. And all the different Bibles. Do you remember all the different Bibles? Still popular today, you know. The Women's Recovery and the Environmental Adventure Bible. Bible. Environmental, Environmental Bible. Yeah, I saw that one the other day. And they have every different and a kind of cover. Bible. Oh. Yeah, camouflage Bible. Can. Camouflage Bible. Yeah. How would you have a waterproof one? It has a latch. Plastic? Did you yeah, because you oh, never know when you're swimming and you're going to want <laughs> to read with you. the scripture. Yeah. So you could open it up and it was still... No, yeah, it's hey, made out of this plastic right. paper. The yeah. like river, river rafting Bible. Yeah. Well, Carter but has a metal you. one. And it's a metal one and it locks. And so he accidentally oh, he took it on one of our vacations and it went through the oh, metal no. detector. He got all mad. They searched his bag because they were wondering what is this metal thing that set mm. off. It was a Bible. <laughs> Oh, he was witnessing the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Metal Bible. Yeah. The other one was the magazine Bibles. Yes. Oh, oh. oh they were comic great. Oh, they were, I like the comic no, book I like them. Oh, the comic book yeah. Bible. Oh, magazine Bible. Oh, they were great because you no. could take them to the gym and flip through them and everybody thought you were reading a magazine. Did you do that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. They were great. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't really want to be too out there. You, know? you did not. Yes, I was trying to read through my Bible oh in a year, gosh. and so I would take the magazine one to the gym. R- remind me to laugh about that later. <laughs> what? You were laughing. I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was missional. I just have there is a word. Of you that's on trendy. the elliptical. Just, yeah. <laughs> just reading my magazine Bible. Uh-huh. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's awesome. There's lots of diets that have been associated with Christian fads. There's mm-hmm. been like the Daniel diet, which is pretty popular right now it's like the yes. vegetables and or the way down weight loss oh, program yeah. which is right yeah what about, a, what about the um 30 hour famine oh, oh yeah. yeah we all did that did still you know what so they shameful i as a youth pastor as a youth pastor for eight ten years and uh, i failed the 30 hour famine <laughs> every year no you i couldn't do it, do it no, midnight like midnight i would just lose it and, and then i'd be like i'm just gonna eat some ice you know because that's that's you know legit yeah and i'd be eating some ice and be like well i'm already eating something so maybe i'll eat some yogurt and before i know it i got a whole meal going on and yeah i just felt so like were I'm, you hiding in the back closet like as your youth were starving you know, well i would always rationalize it i was just oh, yeah. say to myself you know what i'll do is i'll eat so that i'm a better youth leader so yeah. that i'm not Cranky, right. but then I'll do the 30 hour famine afterwards. <laughs> and yeah. you never did. I never did. <laughs> okay. And then I feel terrible about myself, which would give make me give more money to the 30 hour famine. <laughs> that's probably why they did the whole famine thing. So you knew, they knew you're gonna fail and you'd give more money. You give more money. <laughs> they still have them. Do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. MEI yeah. does them every year. Yeah. Yeah, they're very popular in schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the schools use them now and don't necessarily have a yeah Christian focus no. to it, but they oh, use no. it as a let's a fundraising. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yep. yeah, it's a great way to lose weight for a day or two. <laughs> for a day or two, <laughs> there was a guy I heard on the radio, and he was advocating that that was his weight loss program. He just oh boy, fast, fast? and he gained a hundred pounds again after. Oh, oh mercy! Yeah, like it was like yeah, yo-yo <laughs> pendulum. Yes, all these things are pendulums. Yikes! What about the testaments? Have you seen those? Yeah. <laughs> well, just all the like. That there's a Christian version of everything is yeah. so you put Jesus you take, on yeah. it, well, you can so, sell anything. Like it's not you're not redeeming the culture; you're creating a subculture. Yeah, to make it's us a total look like, like we fit in. Oh to yeah, the yeah. Culture, I, right? I don't mm-hmm. want heathen mints. Oh, <laughs> heathen, sweet heathen mints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna create my own line. <laughs> I can buy a secular, Christian ring, and secular a Christian mints. toe ring, and yeah. a Christian everything. So, what about in yeah. terms of the bigger church movements, like? Um, 
what are some of the bigger church movements? Like, I was like seeker, seeker sensitive. sensitive. Yeah. Like, so when we don't, we want, yeah, to be drawing in those people. We mm-hmm. want to be really sensitive to have our, not sermons, but have conversations with yeah. people, um, engaging them. What are other kind of, are there other bigger? Like the house movements? church or simple church movements. Yeah. Still ongoing now. Yeah. What are some of the positive ones? Like we've kind of made light or made fun of some yeah. of these fads, but what are some of the ones that you see are well, having Andy it? here, I mean, I'm thinking of apologetics. Yeah. It has grown like crazy. Yeah, it has. It has. Um, and in fact, just philosophy has grown yeah. in the yes. church. Yeah, people seeing they can kind of talk on those levels again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a while there where philosophy was seen as a negative thing, and now mm-hmm. it's seen more as positive, which is interesting. So I was talking with the Catholics, a Catholic priest, about their own fads mm-hmm. and stuff. And, yeah. and he thought that the Christianity or you know, Protestants that we were un- interesting that we were heading into this whole counseling thing. So with Thalia mm-hmm. being here is interesting too because counseling was a fad, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. um, where the Catholics didn't adopt it, but they kept philosophy. Where right. we dropped philosophy, adopted counseling. So it was kind of interesting. And now mm-hmm. we're kind of getting to this place of of more balance where mm-hmm. we're seeing the value in both. But it's been a bit of a road for you to convince people that apologetics, like you've had to like, oh, talk yeah. to some of the colleges and say this is a worthwhile thing your students will want it. Right? Well, the first thing that a lot of people would say to us as well is they thought it was a mistake that we even included the word apologetics into our name. Hmm. But I did that purposely because we wanted to re-educate people because everyone thinks it's it's pretty rare you meet somebody in the church that knows what the word means. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people think it's a ministry of apologizing. <laughs> and it sounds funny, but well, it's it literally like. true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they really do. And there are a lot of people that were just disgusted with us at first because they're like, you know, why do we have to have a ministry of apologizing now and stuff like that? Ravi said something that was fascinating. He said when he started apologetics ministry of his own, RZIM, he said, I never thought I'd need to give an apologetic for apologetics. Mm-hmm. So an apologetics is a Greek word meaning to give a defense. So never, he never thought he'd have to give a defense for it. But people see it as being maybe very confrontational or maybe yeah. drawing lines of doctrine. And people yeah. in these days want to kind of erase the lines of doctrine rather yeah. than draw them, right? They yeah. think like we've had too much separation in the past, too many yeah. doctrinal, too many denominations splitting off. We want to yeah. come people back together, unify. Yeah. Yeah. People make a, mis- a, a mistake when they distinct. They, they mistake apologetics for polemics. Mm. And, and apologetics and polemics are two different things. So apologetics is this idea of, as First Peter as Peter talks about it, is giving a reason for the hope you have in Jesus. Yeah. So it's it's actually quite positive. It's me talking about the hope that I have in Jesus and I have good reason for my hope in him. Yeah. Whereas polemics is much more argumentative. It's me, you know, seeking to uh, to argue my case. Right. And, and so a lot of people make that mistake. Yeah. I know I do. You're scared to talk to Andy? <laughs> you know? I, I know all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm being really polemic right now. Just... <laughs> It's just a word that I use all the time. Of course you do. In casual conversation. conversation. Some of the positive trends that we see are just the availability of sermons and lots of stuff available online. Yeah, books Um, and resources of all kinds. Yeah, there's this one website that I've come across a lot in my studies. It's like a a Christian Classics Ethereal Library, but they have like everything that you could ever want from like every, like Luther, Kelvin, Augustine, like you can pick up so much stuff online. Yeah. Negatives awesome. of some of that is if people aren't discerning online, there can be lots of crazy stuff. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. And it's hard to know what's yeah. good and what's not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, choosing a wine. You go to the wine store, you're like, oh dear, there's so many. 
It's all wine, so you're thinking, <laughs> you're thinking, oh, wine's good, right? This has got to be, there's some that are like $50. Perfect analogy. Thank you. <laughs> what? People drink wine. I, I, I don't, Brandy. So many choices, and you're like, oh. And so instead of like asking someone at the store and feeling like a noob and being like, hey, what's a good wine? Like, what would be good, but this is what I'm having, and... They can recommend. They're experts in what's going on there. Like, good. Here's a wine. Between this, this is this is what's good for you. This is your budget. This is what you're eating. Your this is your experience with with wine. Boom. There you go. This yeah. is your range. And it takes all of the plethora of everything, like whoop, down to like yeah. good. Okay, here's a couple of choices I have. Versus just going and picking one off the shelf and you're like, this tastes like dirt. <laughs> this is disgusting. Whenever I hear you talk about alcohol, I just think about your name. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't take you seriously. I'm sorry. I love I love that you said whenever. <laughs> yeah, because it's pretty <laughs> often. <laughs> oh gosh, this is this is gonna be good. <laughs> but you were talking about that earlier, Thalia, in terms of when people come to you for counseling, yeah. you kind of say, "Well, these are some of the good resources. These are yeah. some of the ones to stay away from." I think yeah. as yeah. pastors, as Christian leaders, that's kind of our role is to mm-hmm. help people because. We have the luxury of having 40 hours a week or whatever to actually read through a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And a lot of people, when it's just something they're wanting to do for interest, they haven't had that time to think through or yeah. read through. Or Yeah, it's a big part of our job is finding good resources for people based on whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we have fads? What are some of the reasons that we kind of have pendulums and fluctuate? Um, what do you think? Why is this an attractive... Why do people, yeah, go between different extremes? I think people like to be in on whatever the latest thing is. want to be part of the crowd. If everyone's reading a certain book or watching a certain movie, we want to be in there. I I also think that there's um, a very pragmatic sense to it all as well as as people are trying to be effective and grow and see their church grow and reach people. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of pastors think, wow, if that's working, yeah. Right then, um, I want to get on that bandwagon, and so I, I, I've always that's that's often times when I get into a fad is, is it's often being more just pragmatic. Yeah, and then there's the like there's the cultural, yeah, experience of always wanting to have the newest latest thing, gadget, technology, everything, or mm-hmm. the way that that's affected our thinking. It affects our our spiritual walk and our spiritual yeah and i don't know our 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 i really don't know what i'm saying i've totally lost my train of thought <laughs> gone that's okay gone i wasn't oh, with you anyway. you weren't with me anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh but like we have this term like early adopters you know like even that is a term in technology of like oh like i was an early adopter like i i got in on that when it was before it was a fad or before it was big like i knew it was going to be a big thing and like, like with me with duck dynasty well, i've been telling right. people about <laughs> duck dynasty Hips. forever nobody thought it's cool now so everybody's duck See, dynasty became, i'm like i'm out yeah it's this like in some ways it's that individualism like i i was there first i was there i had that before like the hipster yeah. movement of oh i knew them before they were big or i you know it's that that whole thing affects even our adaptation and our adopting of christian fads and like oh yeah well, i listened to piper john piper before or i've been listening to jim keller or blah, 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 mm-hmm. whatever and unfortunately sometimes it's also a way of making money it's marketing you know right. what's popular is flooding the markets and so we all get in there mm-hmm well, yeah, we're being good consumers. Yeah. Yeah. Right, without question. Yeah. 
uh, that's one of the things where it and there's always that pendulum swing too, right? Where yeah. it can it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like it's because we push it, it, we often make it into a bad thing. Yeah. One of the things that I find fascinating that's going on in our culture is this fad of Christian celebrities or what yeah. I'd say is guru culture, yeah. which isn't necessarily bad, but when you press that, it, it, it can become bad. Okay, and so what are some of the outcomes that you're seeing? Well, one is, is, it, is it you fall prey into the consumerism thing again. Now, a lot of our book distributors know that certain people sell books. So what they do is they push those people to keep sell, keep making books or resources, right. even though they don't have anything. Yeah, you right. know, like they're not having their own time with God to. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 God. like, listen, I gave you what I had. Yeah. Now you just want to use my name, and they run into these issues, ethical issues. Right. So now, does so and so need to actually write this material, or can we have somebody else write the material, but we're going to use that person's name? And uh, and then what happens is is there's a lot of uh, our young people that have the unrealistic or I'd say like superhero view of certain people yeah. that is not a legitimate view of like that it's not humanly possible some of the material that we have coming out under certain authors names is literally not humanly possible hmm. and but when we begin to really look up to those people because we're like man look at how much material they have and and it's always so good and blow I wish I was like that person's like well, that's not even a person because they can't literally do that. There's a team of people making that illusion. But it, in, at the end of the day, it's about making money. Hmm. But at the same time, a lot of the stuff that they're making is good. It's good mm-hmm. quality and yeah. it's not unorthodox. It, it might be unethical. Uh, like if you've heard of ghostwriters and, yeah, and yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, authors have been using these, these, this stuff for yeah. a long time. Yeah. It's just gotten bad lately. Yeah. How about when you see people comparing speakers yeah. and stuff? How do you go? Oh, yeah. yeah. That happens a lot, right? Yeah. In our podcast yeah. culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of these poor pastors, they're not being compared to, you know, Pastor Joe down the road. <laughs> they're being compared to Timothy Keller yeah, and yeah. to Mark Driscoll and all these others that are really, really um, gifted mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And I think it makes it really hard for. Yeah. For past, they're competing yeah. with those people, and in, in in a sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and and the the popularity of these people almost give weight to what they say too, yeah. right? Yes. So that yeah. if say Jeff says something here on the weekend, then people will say, "Well, I will only believe him if so and so, all these other guru pastors line up with yeah. him, right?" Yeah. It's like because yeah. they have this popularity, they must know God better or know the Bible better yeah. or whatever, yeah. and it gives credibility to them mm-hmm. that they may yeah. they maybe have, but maybe not. And yeah. I think part of the reason, like, why it exists and why it's there is that we're constantly looking for that, like, spoon-fed. Like, just spoon-feed me. Like, I, yeah. don't, I yeah. don't actually want to interact in my own faith and, like, just sit down yeah. with my Bible by myself <laughs> and read and consider and talk with other people. I want to be spoon-fed. Like, just give me... So instead of your own faith, you actually have, like, a regurgitated faith. Yeah. So your faith is based on, you know, all of these resources and guru pastors and celebrity Christians and books. And so you're... All this supplement of stuff that seems like a good thing, but your actual faith is being completely neglected. Because it seems easier then, right? It seems easier to just... And it's always something... Like, oh, well, I don't want to think for myself because someone like, yeah, Tim Keller, or they think really well, so I'm going to just listen to what they say and... I'm going to think what they think. And, th- and that's where things start to go awry, as I see it, mm-hmm. is we as people, like, 
when Jesus calls a sheep, there's good reason, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, sheep aren't known for how smart they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, that we have this propensity to want to follow people yeah. and then pledge allegiance to those people. Yeah. And that is for me one of those markers that's that's really critical. I pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and I want to follow him and I only follow other people in so much as they help me to follow yeah. Jesus yes. Christ. Yeah. But this is one of those problems is it really saddens me actually when I hear people that will claim to be a Calvinist before they claim to be a Christian mm-hmm. or Arminian or whatever. It's like that's got to be secondary on where you come out theologically. It'd be like somebody calling themselves a Mark Driscollian or, or yeah. Timothy <laughs> Keller. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But in some people, it's like that because they yeah. talk about more of those people than they do Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But those, those people should only be significant in, his, in that they lead you yeah. to know Christ better. Yeah. Uh, but the, that's the problem is in our brokenness, we're just messed up people and we want to we follow people. So yeah. that kind of leads into the next little segment, like what are the solutions? What do you, in yeah. terms of being, us being, what's the, there's that passage that talks about us being driven about by every wind, wind, of doctrine. wind of doctrine in Ephesians, right? Ephesians 4 verse mm-hmm. 14. Um, to no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So what are the, how do we guard ourselves against fads? What do you guys find helpful? Well, I, I find um, I guard against fads the same way that I guard against any Aaron doctrine. Um, in the same way you could take of, um, uh, you know, like, how, how do I know what the Spirit's doing, mm-hmm. right? And that really, that's one of the things we're asking. How do, yeah. how do I know what the Spirit's doing? And the, the answer is quite simple. We know the purpose of the, the Holy Spirit is to lift up Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that's, that's got to be one of our gauges. In, in, in what I'm doing, how much is it lifting up Jesus Christ or is it lifting up me mm-hmm. or is it lifting up somebody else? Because one of the problems that we fight in is just our narcissism, right? This yeah. self-love mm-hmm. and that we have to constantly be um, reminding ourselves and guarding against. And guarding against. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure exactly, except that I often... Uh, of course, we weigh everything against Scripture. Yeah. And for me, in my work, it's very much what resources will bring people closer to Christ and which resources will pull them away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for great resources that address some of the issues like depression or anxiety or things like that, but have a solid biblical content in the same book. That's very difficult to find. Mm-hmm. I have very few resources that do that well. Mm. I would say almost what I said with my... Wine analogy, right? Like, going back to the alcohol brand. Yeah, go, I'm going back, <laughs> go back, go back to the bottle. Uh, I think she's not named Bob. Yeah, totally. Oh, guys. It's her middle name. You didn't know that? Oh. <laughs> Good one. And picked on today. Um, no, but going back to, like, um, you know, going to trusted people who have the wisdom and knowledge and not being afraid not being too proud to do that to say like is this a good book um i i in general just have a natural like if something is a fad i just have an actual like wolf against it like so if you just don't want to be a bandwagon i don't want to be a bandwagon person but the other thing is is that sometimes i find that the things worth reading don't often come about in a fanfare Mm. so something that is really rich and really like 
actually substantial doesn't come with this, oh, have you read this book? And it's not all over media and it's not all over. It seems that like, not to say that it's always the case, but I think a high percentage when there's a massive fanfare around something, I, I'm skeptical of it. And so, and I think that that's okay. I think that that's, that's good to, to tell people to be discerning in that. Like if there's a lot of like, woo, and then asking the questions, why? Yeah. Like, are you reading a book that just makes you fe- feel good? Are you reading a book that's like, oh, those are kind of good things, but not necessarily actually focusing on Jesus? Could you define woo? <laughs> yeah, I'll define I'll define I'll define woo as, um, yeah, that makes me feel good, and this book is actually about me. Yeah. So, like, generally, that's what you get in a lot of Christian fads. Is it's a little How bit more self help. Yeah. Than it yeah. is actually yeah, positive thinking. Then it is about mm-hmm. truths about God or truths yeah. about Christ, which actually transform my life. Yeah. Which actually transform my heart and make me look more like Christ. Whereas a book that just is about me and makes me feel good and positive thinking about me and for me is like, yeah, wheat in the wind. Just goes away. And you mm-hmm. need and then that's what you get with these sometimes these books is then you need that constant gotta go back to it every day got to read it every day because I need that little bit of woo. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the reason we we go into fads, right? Is we want something new and exciting. We don't want just to have a long obedience of faithfulness. We want something fresh all the time. And quick. Yep. Quick and easy. Yep. Yep. I think it's important just for us to realize too, you know, when God calls us to ministry, he has ways in his scripture that's outlined as to how we should do ministry and if we follow those things and allow then him to do the increase and that's what he's called us to do Mm -hmm. not to be readers of culture but to Mm -hmm. be readers of his word and Mm -hmm. we want to be sensitive like i know my grandpa was a moderator in the time when churches were going through this debate as to whether we stay in german services or go into english right oh yeah and he'd people come to him and say well you can't become a christian in english (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has to be in German. I had my suspicions. <laughs> but, you know, see, there are legitimate changes that church culture has to make yeah. you know, that you want to be relevant. But yeah. what are those lines of where it's just buying into culture to please people rather than to please mm-hmm. God? And God says, this is how you should do church. This is how you should minister. And yeah. Because I, I, I think what I'm hearing then is fads aren't bad in and of themselves. No. It's it's those underlying things behind the fad yeah. that that you want to get at. Is this leading me towards Christ? Is is this something that's God honoring? Yeah. Um, is this something? Is this about me? Is this about building God's kingdom? You know. Is it correct biblically? Yeah. yeah. And is it an effort to make the church look cooler, or to yeah. be actually relevant, or to be representing God well? Right. Yeah. Sometimes we want so much to slip under the radar that we mm-hmm. just want to look like we're like everybody else. Um, so that people will come in, but is that really going to accomplish anything in terms of God's economy of salvation? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. One of the ones that really has challenged me over the years was the movement, that whole seeker-sensitive movement that yeah. took place. Because <clears throat> now we, we're kind of, you know, post-seeker-sensitive movement and kind of looking back on it and going, where did we go wrong with that whole thing? <laughs> yeah. And it's like a lot of these things have um, an aspect of, of truth or something that's positive about it yeah. like this idea that we want to reach people and yeah. we want to be um seeker sensitive but you know what does that mean how do you do that because oftentimes the idea might be right it's the way we go about it that yeah. ends up being yeah. not so good 
And it's interesting because now we're we're kind of re-looking at that whole thing going, you know, really what we wanted to do was to communicate the gospel more clearly yeah. in our culture. And and in but the problem was a lot of churches instead tried to adopt more culture instead of and watered down the gospel. And they watered down the gospel. They didn't and want so, to offend people and so right. they often started <clears throat> They did the very opposite of what yeah. they wanted to, to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. But it's difficult to be on top of those, like, to be on top of those trends and how they will affect generations later, yeah. right? Like, because mm-hmm. you can say, like, the same with just cultural movements of, like, wartime life and how that actually affected an entire generation afterwards and how yeah. they parent. And, you know, like, I've seen it with kids that, like, there's a lot of allowance <clears throat> with kids. And it's like, well, I didn't get what I wanted, so I'm going to raise my kids in a, I want you to have what Everything I didn't have. Yeah. And then you have this. And, and so you see the effect of those movements of culture. And it's the same in the church, but it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to see it happening as it's happening. You think, yeah. as seeker sensitive, that it's going well. Like, this yeah. is doing things. And people became Christians during that movement mm-hmm. and are still in church and are leading church. <laughs> leading churches now that are like, no seeker sensitive so there is a i appreciate the like hey there's there's a part of it that's good and god's using it and and i think one of the bonuses that's coming out of it now is you see people that are really hungry for really solid truth and so you see this growth of expositional preaching and people that really like people that come to church want we have people come on Wednesday or Monday night Bible study and they say, well, this hour and a half, I want meat solid. Give yeah. me this. I'm giving up an hour and a half like yeah. or two hours. I want solid stuff. And that's yeah. great that that's yeah. created a hunger for really solid yeah. And teaching. let's not be so. so arrogant that we think we've got it. Yeah. You know, that yeah. like, oh, well, we're not secret sensitive. Good. Because everybody's <laughs> looking for that silver bullet. Yeah. Right? yeah. Everyone's like, we got it. We got church down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're gonna it doesn't wind. exist. <laughs> yeah. Until yeah. the end of time, yeah. we're going to be figuring this out. Yeah. So we're just going to wind up by praying uh, for people that are listening, for our church. Um, Andy, would you mind praying yeah. for this topic? And for yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Lord, uh, thank you for those who are listening. God, we just pray your wisdom and guidance over them and ourselves. Lord, it's our desire to lift you up. And we ask, oh God, as we lift you up, that you would draw all people to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, Jesus, as we seek to lift you up and as we seek to build your kingdom and uh, and as we seek to to be uh, to be ever mindful of uh, where our attitude is on things and and what is the correct doctrine and uh, what is the best way in which we can lift you up, Lord, and that the most people would come to know you and your kingdom would grow the, the fastest and the most and that more people would come to know you. Mm-hmm. God, just give us that passion. That is such a good passion to mm-hmm. to want to see people come to know you. But God, we just ask that you give us wisdom as we seek to navigate uh, this important task of the Great Commission in our cultural context. Lord, we pray all these things in your powerful name. Amen. 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 So I think we'll sign off mm-hmm. at that point. Right. Thanks so much for joining us, Andy. Yeah, thank we you. appreciate it. Woo! Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to go catch some fish now? With the, with the teeth, you know, no. Fishermen. Is that still on? It's still on. Could be. Oh, <laughs> <got it> <laughs> Pleasure to be with you. Depends. <laughs> <laughs>